Welcome to Beautiful Work, Beautiful Life, the podcast. I'm Laurel Holland, and you'll be joining me with my co-hosts and guests as we dive into how doing your inner work, or the beautiful work, is the amazingly effective pathway to creating the life of your dreams. We hope you discover your passions, your purpose, and your fulfillment, because when you change, the world changes. And when you do your inner work, or the beautiful work, you make the world a more beautiful place for all of us. Thank you for tuning in to Beautiful Work, Beautiful Life, the podcast. Hello, listeners. We're back and we have a really great short podcast episode for you today. So Laurel Boyvin is back with me. Hi, Laurel. Hi, Laurel. How are you having me again? I'm happy to be here. I'm so glad you're here and sharing in this space with me. I I feel like our voices together are hopefully a big invitation to listeners to really take this work seriously and, and to also enjoy the experience of doing this beautiful work and and looking inwardly, even when it's scary. I think that's so important. And it really ties in well with what we're going to talk about today, because doing this work is just so much more enjoyable and comes easily um, when you're doing it with other people and sharing that. Yeah. So our topic today is getting support for this work. Yeah. You don't have to do it alone. You don't have to do it alone, but you also can do it alone. And I know I've done a lot of work alone, which has been really beautiful. But but when even when it's been alone, I've felt very supported. And so we'll talk about that as well today, too. So Laura, let's do each of us a quick rundown. If we go like historically from the beginning to, you know, and just a quick blip, blip, blip. What kind of support have you received when you think about or what kind of support, what has supported you? You know, what have been the tools and things that have supported you along the way that come up to you for you right away? And and we'll kind of just go through it that way. Sure. I, um, journaling was the first. I mean, I've been journaling since I was 13 years old. So decades of journaling. Um, that has been a big place for me to have support in doing the work. Yeah. Um, I do a lot of reading. There's so many good authors and and a lot of listening podcasts and and audio books on doing inner work and self-discovery. And then my energy practitioner probably is where I made the most, I'll say the fastest incremental progress or the most progress. Um, I saw some big leaps forward in my own self-awareness and inner knowingness uh so it's um he is a chiropractor and energy practitioner um reiki you know my curiosity led me to become a reiki certified and um practitioner and doing self reiki is something part of my practice yoga is another um and then um i think the relationships in my life you know as you as i've done on inner work and i think our listeners will find this that you start to attract people who are are giving in a way of supporting you 
because they can see the results of your inner work. Um, and that instills their own curiosity, perhaps. And you grow a support system by just doing the work. Yeah. yeah. What about you? For me, if I go, if I go back to the beginning, I would say um, the beginning was definitely uh, that first therapist. So, so again, having somebody who cared, who made a suggestion and me trusting that that was for me going ahead and doing therapy. Although that therapist didn't really do a whole lot with me. I would say that was not a good therapy matchup. And, but he was the one who also introduced me to children, adult children of alcoholics. And I stayed in that group, you know, and I went weekly for a year and a half and that changed my life being in group, learning how to speak up in group, learning how to listen to other people's stories in group. And when they were telling a little bit of my story, how, how potent and healing that was, that was huge. Group work was huge right from the beginning. And then finding my, my therapist that really did help me a lot. So I was in therapy a second time. And that, that therapist was also my acupuncturist, my Tai Chi instructor. And, um, and learned so much in all of that. That also introduced me was the beginning of being introduced to shamanic work because he was also did a, some sh shamanic practicing work and um, dabble. I, I learned a little bit in that. That was more Bantu shamanism, which didn't resonate quite as much with me. Um, and then back into group work, I had uh, a beautiful nudge from the universe, which I'll share another time on another show, because this is a great story, but I won't get into it today, um, where I got involved in a woman's center that where I learned peer leadership. And in that peer leadership model, I learned more about reevaluation counseling, which is a peer model of counseling. And from there, I went on to do my master's work, which when I did my master's in counseling psychology was like a whole bunch of personal work as well. So that was just a deep dive into a lot of deep healing work because I did a lot of self-reflection. There was journaling involved in that. There was uh, a lot of applying what I was learning to my own experience and to others' experiences. And so this was like a lot of, of really big personal work. Definitely bibliotherapy. I cannot tell you. I know for me, when I found a book that resonated for me, it was like my world got tilted just a little bit. Everything shifted just a little bit. Mm -hmm. So when you when you start exploring the world of personal transformation and all that's out there, it's absolutely incredible to uh, to experience that. And then doing my own writing. You know, my own writing was also very healing and um, transformational for me. I never thought of myself as a writer. Never would have. If you had asked me many, many years ago, are you going to write a book? I would have laughed out loud in your face, literally. <laughs> and here I have, you know, and now I'm, I've, I'm on my third and my fourth book. So it's, it's, you just never know also where this beautiful work is going to take you. It's so true. And, you know, it, um, I left off two important things and one of them is just so silly that I would leave it off, but um, I've worked with a number of coaches in the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. And having that safe space to do the work uh, and being held in a safe space of trust, you know, confidence with someone else has been really, really good for me. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, as a coach myself, it's funny that I would leave that off uh, because that may have contributed to 
the depth of the, the work that I've been able to do. Um, and my self-coaching tools are big. I, I do self-coaching almost every day now. I need it. Um, but the other thing is my faith. You know, it's that spiritual piece of, um, you have, for me, I have the external support, the internal knowingness, and then my faith that really does provide such a strong support system and guidance. Mm -hmm. Even if I don't know where my life is taking me, I know it's going to be okay. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. That's I will add to mine too. And mine would be, um, I've worked with multiple energy practitioners, had the beautiful experience of that. And some of that came through doing shamanic work. I, my second experience of shamanic work was with Peruvian shamanism. And I actually went through the medicine wheel with my son, who was the instigator of doing that work. And he was in college at that point, And I was um, doing my master's degree, just post master's work just beginning as a therapist and doing a lot of addictions counseling work. And um, it was so beautifully adjunctive to that work. And also because I did that work and was really getting into energy medicine and had so much personal healing experience from that, when it came time to carry a license, I did all my work to carry a license as a licensed mental health counselor. I realized I couldn't really carry the license because I don't think I really First of all, I didn't believe that I was just going to be working in a clinic for the rest of my life. And so why did I need a license? Um, and I, I didn't believe in some of the practices of Western medicine in the mental health realm. And so I didn't want to support that in that way. And I also had such powerful healing from the energetic experiences that I really was dedicated to weaving that into my work and being able to talk about that openly and not feel like I was violating a license by sharing in ways that maybe Western medicine wouldn't yet endorse at that point. Cause this was, you know, 20 years ago now. So, uh, you know, this has been a big part of my path too. And, and over time, you know, you were talking about having these relationships where you do this beautiful work. And that's so true. I think, you know, I think back to these widening circles with this different spaces of work where I've done the work and how I feel like literally I have this community that's, you know, all over the United States, other places in the world where I feel like these relationships are so beautiful and they, and I know they hold me in my work, even when I'm not necessarily with them, you know, it just, it's, it's a, it becomes this energetic container for, for you always, you know? Yeah. And, you know, as, as you were speaking, I thought I, in both of our stories and for our listeners, you know, we've touched on so many different things, but the beauty of doing the work is each individual gets to choose what support system they need and what support system they want to create. Yeah. Um, and ours are slightly different, although we have similarities and, you know, um, and our listeners may have similarities and differences, but there's so many opportunities for support. 
Yeah. And they're growing all the time. I think that's one of the beauties of the feminine energy and the, and the more dominant, you know, feminine, um, aspects rising in the world is there are more and more healing spaces to Mm. be a part of. And I think for each of us, you know, this is a, this is an exploration again, like discovering your intuition, you know, you have to just get out there and start interacting with people and maybe getting an appointment, setting it up and trusting, you know, does this feel right for me? There are people out there that are doing the work that maybe aren't doing as deep work and you want deeper work. So they're not going to resonate with you. There may be people that you just don't feel like they are a person of integrity because you're not feeling it. Trust that, you know, just move on from there. There's so much out there to choose from and we need to be careful, you know, and trust what feels right for us. Right. And I um, would suggest that even in places that you may not think the support is there. And I would say, you know, you're the, the um, healthcare system in the United States, this, um, in universities or corporations, what I'm seeing is that there is more and more support for alternative um, practices and healing approaches and discovery methods in those settings. I mean, we talked in one episode previously about my ha- my having surgery, and it was a hospital in Boston, and they had a meditation program to prepare for surgery. And the program was called prepare for surgery, heal faster. And I would have never thought here I am in a mainstream Boston hospital that I would have had access to that opportunity to do my beautiful work in that setting. Phenomenal. So phenomenal. Yeah. And meditation. Let's, let's talk a little bit about meditation. And also, you know, um, when you talked about faith, Laurel, it made me um, realize, you know, my spiritual development and spiritual path has been a so off the norm and so out of the usual because I was not raised with a religion. I wasn't raised with a faith. My um, parents didn't bring us to church and my father, I felt like was really invited us to each find our own personal path. Now, there was a point in my life in my 20s where I felt like there was a real void there. And I I went ahead and started exploring on my own and found it and found that, you know, for me, all paths lead to the to the top, you know, all, all paths go up to the top of the mountain. And so any religious experience or spiritual experience, if it's done with beautiful integrity and depth, you know, um, and, and if we're honoring what we really feel about it, whether it's really resonating with us on the deepest level, that it can take us, you know, into the depths of our being and to the heights of, of spiritual experience. And it, again, you know, and we all have to find that out for ourselves. It can't be given to us, you know. Absolutely. And even when it might have been given to us, yeah. we make it our own. And so, you know, my my faith, I have such strong faith. And my spiritual journey has been um, pretty, pretty much unique and personal for the last a few decades. Um, but, you know, my my 
I was raised Catholic. I went to Catholic school for 16 years. Um, I did not get married in a Catholic church. I got married in a congregational church, right? And I, I haven't gone to church in decades. But I, when I was in college, we had to take theology, eight semesters, and I took an, a theology elective called World Religions. And that opened my eyes, five major world religions, and they all had a similar foundation yeah. in, in this higher power. And so, you know, my faith in the goodness of the universe and the divine power in each and one, each and every one of us is just, I, you know, I have this faith in universal energy, um, which is not religious at all in my, some people's eyes, right? But we have to make it our own and we have to know what gives us strength. And that's part of the support. I find support in the unknown. Right. And I feel like I know I've worked with quite a few people um, where they have really a lot of inner conflict around the religion as they were given it and experienced it. And so, you know, my invitation is always to work out that conflict, because what we do is we cast ourselves away from an opportunity of having faith and really finding what is the path or the alternative path or the modified path to that religious experience that will allow us to keep deepening. And when we, when we stop, the conflict will stop us from going into the depths and, and really having it as our, our true foundation and Mm. and a real structure that we can rely on. And so, you know, for any listener who feels like, you know, they are conflicted about their religious experience or the religious teachings is, you know, to go ahead and begin your, your, your own self-study and exploration to find that modified path that really allows you to embrace it in totality or whatever version in totality so that you can have that structure inside to rely on because faith is, faith is big. You know, we need to have certain things, concepts, precepts that we believe in that carry us through in those moments of crisis and, and difficulty. Yeah. And the interesting thing that I, you know, I love the word faith because sometimes it's a religious faith, right? In into some God or being. But one of the terms we hear often is faith in humanity. Mm-hmm. And even without a specific religious faith, how incredible is it to live with faith in humanity? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. So I rely on that, the the general faith. You know, and my faith might be in myself, it might be in a higher power, it might be in humanity. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. And I have such a beautiful faith in humanity. And these past, you know, this past year or two, where it's been difficult to have faith in humanity, I think, you know, when we've looked at how much discourse there is out there and how, how, how ugly people can be and can act, how, you know, how do we maintain a faith in humanity? And we have to find that balance, you know, and and that's where our faith brings us back into that space. And one of the ways I think about that, because that's a challenging question, it's the dilemma that we face with having faith in humanity. Um, when I do inner work, it's messy. There are dark, ugly spaces within it sometimes. And then there's victories that are so big. I want to, I want to convert everybody I know. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about, you know, 
the last few years and maybe the conflicts and all that's going on in the world, the disparity, mm-hmm. I think how incredible it is that perhaps the whole planet is doing inner work and it's messy right now, yeah. right? Just on the cha- on the verge of change mm-hmm. is messy. And, and that maybe that's my hopeful, right? That's my hopefulness that I carry with my faith. The combination of hope and faith keep me believing that we're on the verge of something good. Yeah, we are in messy times. We are in, uh, I know in Chinese, you know, the Chinese symbol for crisis is also opportunity. You know, the opportunity symbol is there. And so, you know, whenever we come, whenever I come into personal crisis or in this time of feeling like we've been in and out of crisis lately, is this is our opportunity, you know, to grow, to change. And if we can see crisis as that and chaos as opportunity and a, and a, and a rearranging, you know, like I th- always think of when I walk in my house and it feels stale or it just looks like a mess, it's like, okay, let's clean this out. Let's make it new. You know, it's like time for time for a refresh, you know, and that's life. That's life. Sure. And you know what? It, it ties in so nicely with, you know, finding support, right? And because just knowing, that the messiness is part of the process and that not judging it, but finding support to be with it and be in it and find other people that you can depend on during those messy times. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So our invitation to listeners today is to um, begin to expand your support. You know, one person, one experience, one book, one podcast, one coach, one therapist, one group, whatever at a time and allow yourself to explore, right? The invitation is to explore and, and with curiosity, just get out there and, and see what's available and what calls to you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, the question I'd like to leave or, or suggestion with our listeners is um, where can you look for support? that you may not expect it to be there, but you could be pleasantly surprised. Like in, you know, as I mentioned before, in the hospital healthcare system, in places in in your family, with your children and your husband, you know, be bold, be brave, look for their support, ask for their support, expect their support. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? And you never know what you're gonna get back. Oh. And then one of the most beautiful things too is learn how to give support. You know, when we can become a true support to other people, we begin to also understand what it is we want for support. So I think that's the other exploration that I would invite people into, you know, do some writing or do some, you know, kind of note taking for yourself. Like what kind of support do you need right now that you're not getting? And how might you try to give that to see if then it will come back to you or open up to you? Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to hear back from our listeners if the the results they get from that. I know that's a good one, right? It's a good one. (laughs) I think I'm going to do that this week too. Yeah, good. Well, I know you're off to vacation. Have a wonderful vacation, Laurel. I'll see you when you get back. Wonderful. Thanks for inviting me to be with you. As always, I enjoy every minute of it. I do too. I do too. And thanks listeners for being with us. Send in your questions, send in your comments, your thoughts. We're here for you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us here at Beautiful Work, Beautiful Life, the podcast. We welcome questions from you, our listeners. 
free to send one along. If you enjoyed the podcast, the best compliment we receive is when you share the podcast with a friend. Thanks for being with us to elevate the conversation and open up new pathways for all of us.